It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Today's Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Check out rockauto.com for all the parts that your car will ever need and reliably low prices as well. If you go to the brick and mortar stores, you're going to see high prices for the parts that you need to fix your car. rockauto.com is not that way. They've got reliably low prices for you and They deliver the parts right to your door, so you don't even have to get out to get the parts for your car that you need. Check them out at rockauto.com, and when you're in the checkout section in the How'd You Hear About Us area, type in Locked On to let them know that your pal Jeff from the Locked On Reds podcast sent you. And you can go to rockauto.com and check out their easy-to-use interface. You don't have to be a mechanic to find the parts for your car. So check them out, rockauto.com, and in the How'd You Hear About Us area, type in Locked On rockauto.com has all the parts that your car will ever need you are locked on reds your daily cincinnati reds podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day now that the reds have concluded the 2020 season reinstituting throwback thursday during this off season every thursday we'll take a look back through red's history and hopefully talk about a couple of things you may not have already known about your favorite baseball club let's get thursday on the road this is locked on reds and i'm jeff carr let's go what is going on reds fans welcome in to the reinstitution of Throwback Thursday here on the Lockdown Reds podcast. Man, I am stoked for this. I always loved doing these episodes during the offseason. Not really something that you can fit into the during midseason shows. It's kind of clunky when you do that. So I always save it for the offseason. And today, we're going to talk about a team you probably don't know much about, probably because it's really hard to find a whole lot about this team. One thing that really intrigues me about baseball history is the dead ball era and especially after a season in which the Reds and the 2020 Reds looked like they were hitting in the dead ball era with a team average that was at the bottom of the league by a wide margin so let's talk about a dead era dead ball era Reds baseball team and I'm not talking about 1919 we all know about 1919 that's at the tail end of that dead ball era and for the most part this era in baseball history 
was not super kind to the Reds. They did not have a whole lot of uh, success during the dead ball era, which is commonly referred to as the era of 1901 to about 1920. This is when the American League was instituted as a professional baseball league. And there was a lot of uh, turmoil, really, whenever this first started. And we're going to be focusing on one of those years of turmoil because the Reds were actually really good this year. We're talking about the 1904 Cincinnati Reds. And you're like, holy cow, Jeff, you're going way back. Yeah, I know. Really wanted to, though, because this is a team that is very interesting. A lot of great names. Like, I mean, you look at the baseball reference page for 1904 in the Cincinnati Reds. Their catcher's name was Admiral Schley. Now, of course, Admiral was a nickname. His actual name was George, but I'm going to go with Admiral. Admiral's an awesome name for a catcher because catchers are basically the field admirals, uh, even though that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because admirals are on the sea, but uh, whatever. I don't care. Admiral Schley, awesome name. You've also got Noodles Han, who we've talked about before on Throwback Thursday. I think it was uh, last last offseason uh, during one of the podcasts, talked about him and awesome pitcher in Reds history that is always kind of overlooked because he pitched during the dead ball era, because he pitched during the years when hitting statistics were really, really down. And now it's funny to mention because you've also got Cy Seymour on this Reds team. Cy Seymour, if you don't know your all-time Reds leaders, nobody has a career batting average better than Cy Seymour. Dude's at the top. And one of the reasons why is because during an era when nobody was hitting, he still hit 313 on the year in two, or 1904. That's going way back, I know, but hear me out here. This was a fun story. So the 1904 Cincinnati Reds, we're talking about the Palace of the Fans, was their home stadium. Talked briefly about that with Cam Miller on a previous podcast as well. But 1904 would mark the last time until 1918 that the Reds finished above fourth place in the National League. In fact, beginning in 1905, they kind of start a stretch of futility a little bit there. But 1904 was a nice year. They finished third in the National League. And it's interesting to note because back in this day, this was the second year of the existence of the World Series. The World Series had only began back in 1903. And so in 1904, you had eight teams in the National League and you had eight teams in the American League. And all season, the Reds in the National League were fighting with the Chicago Cubs and the New York Giants and to a smaller extent, the Pittsburgh Pirates for the top of the division, or not even the division, top of the league. There were no divisions back then. But there was actually a point, and it was early on, but there was a point where the Reds were in first place as they took a game and a half lead over the New York Giants, who were managed by John McGraw. If you know your baseball history, John McGraw is one of the most prolific managers in the history of baseball. But on May 23rd of 1904, the Reds were a game and a half up and looking fine. A couple of great winning streaks in the month of May, one of 10 or one of eight and another of six saw them with lots of wins in the month of May. And they kept kind of flip-flopping a little bit with the Giants and the Cubs there for the better part of the next month. But then on June 14th, the New York Giants took off. The New York Giants began a stretch on June 14th that saw them win 18 straight games. 
the Giants were an absolute wagon of a team back then. And not not only that, they won 18 in a row at that point. And then later on, in the month of August, they put together a 12-game win streak. So they ended up winning the National League by 13 games over the Cubs. The Cubs finished in second, five games ahead of the Reds, who we'll talk about some of the individual performers here in a minute. But I always find it interesting because definitely back during this time, it was actually almost as common as having just a straight-up manager who did not play. The Reds had a player manager. His name was Joe Kelly. He was actually in the twilight of his career, and until he came over to the Reds from Boston, he did not manage anybody. And he comes over to the Reds in 1902 and takes over as the manager. Here in 1904, he's following up the second best hitting season of his entire career. This dude played 17 years and is really an interesting character because back in 1894, playing for the National League Baltimore Orioles, he had an amazing year. 393 average, 502 on base percentage, 602 slugging for an entire season. 507 at-bats, 638 plate appearances. That was his stat line. And then you go into the dead ball era, and he kind of keeps it up. In 1903, I mentioned his second best year, 316 average with a 402 on base and a 402 slugging. Part of the reason it was the dead ball era was slugging percentages were way down. Because then in 1904, he's coming off that best year, or that second best year, and his slugging is at 385. Now he does get on base 35% of the time during 1904, and he hits 281 while managing a team with a couple of young guys, a couple of rookies. Now, one of them, okay, he's a rookie who is 31 years old. And we'll talk about him in just a minute because there are some real characters on this team. One of the reasons that I wanted to talk about them. But before we get to that, I wanted to ask you, have you downloaded the Postmates app yet? If you haven't, download it right now onto your phone and enter the promo code Locked On. You'll get free delivery for your first seven days of up to $100 with no order minimum. And the reason that you want to do that is because Postmates is a super handy app to have at your disposal. If you're hungry, they can bring in your favorite food. Whether you're thinking some steaks, some burgers, maybe some tacos from Taco Bell, Postmates will bring it right to your door. Or if you need to get something from the store, maybe just a odds and ends type thing, you really don't want to get out and put a mask on, do all that jazz and get out and just get one thing. Postmates can bring it to your door. Check them out right now. Download the Postmates app and enter the promo code locked on for free delivery for your first seven days. So up to a hundred dollars, because when you're talking about what you need and at any point, whenever you need it, the best way to do it is to Postmate it. So I mentioned in 1904, the New York baseball giants were the ones that won the National League. And it was intriguing because at the preseason, right before everything started in 1904, John McGraw, the manager and then the owner of the New York Giants, both made a statement that said they would not play the other New York side. Now, they weren't called the Yankees at this point. They were called the New York Highlanders. But if the New York Highlanders won the American League, the New York Giants said, we will not participate in a World Series with that team. There was some bad blood between, especially the New York Giants. Like if the Cubs or the Reds or the Pirates had won the National League, the World Series would have happened in 1904. But the New York Giants hated 
than the American League. They felt like the American League was a minor league, even though they were promoted to professional status, and they felt as though a World Series gained them nothing. They felt as though the World Series was an exhibition against an American League side, especially against the New York Highlanders. But then at the end of the season, the Boston Americans, that's right, they weren't called the Red Sox back then, they were the Boston Americans, ended up squeaking by the New York Highlanders at a game and a half and won the American League. To which John McGraw and the New York Giants said, yeah, no, we're not playing them either. They refused to play the World Series. That's why there is no World Series champion for the year 1904, because it the New York baseball giants felt as though it was below them. It's just funny to think like you never imagine a team refusing to play a world series. Now, like if you could think, and and obviously, I mean, they're both in the national league, so this wouldn't do anything, but like the animosity that the Dodgers and the Padres had toward each other. in last night's game after Cody Bellinger robbed that home run from Fernando Tatis, like everybody was just jawing at each other. And you think back to like reds pirates stuff that even then, I don't think anybody was considering not playing against that other team the next day. Here the New York baseball giants are back in two or 1904 saying, yeah, no, uh, we're good. We don't need a World Series. We're, we're the best team. We know we are. I, I kind of love the bravado of that, and I love the interestingness that is just refusing to play this ultimate championship that a year ago was completely brand new. A year ago, in 1903, the idea of the World Series began. And then in year two, you've got the champion of the National League saying, yeah, nah, we're good. We don't need that. It's just hilarious to me. But So I, I mentioned, all right, so we've got Admiral Schley, heck of a name for the 1904 Cincinnati Reds. And if you look them up on BaseballReference.com as well, you can see the logo from back then. They did not have the wishbone C. They had just a normal C. In fact, it looks a lot like the Chicago Cubs C back in 1904. But we look at this roster. They had a rookie at second base in Miller Huggins, 26-year-old rookie. Another interesting dude in the outfield was a rookie by the name of Fred O'Dwell. Now, the interesting part about him was he's 31 years old. He came over from the American Association to the Reds, and he hit 284. As a rookie, not too bad a start for him. Bunch of singles for him. Then you look on the rest of the team. The guy that led the team in RBIs was the shortstop, Tommy Corcoran, who batted 230 for the entire year. He had a 257 on base percentage. Those are not numbers that you're proud of, but he somehow got 74 RBIs and led the Reds on that side. When it comes to home runs, like I mentioned, not a lot of home runs were leaving the yard back then. Cy Seymour led the Reds in home runs that year with a total of five long balls. Seymour, I mentioned the all-time leader in batting average for franchise history for the career. His career batting average was three thirty two. Compared to that, he actually had a down year in 1904 when he hit three thirteen. He did have a four thirty nine slugging, too. So I mean, he, was, he was no slouch with the bat. It wasn't like he was just slapping singles, 26 doubles. 13 triples for Seymour on the season. And it was intriguing because in the middle of the season, the Reds actually made a trade with the New York Giants. They and the Pittsburgh Pirates were looped in as a three team deal. The Reds sent six year vet Mike Donlin, an outfielder. He was actually 26, so he started young. But six year veteran Mike Donlin to the New York Giants. And in return from the Pittsburgh Pirates, they got Jimmy Sebring. 
Sebring actually didn't do too much. He only played like another couple of years and then he was done with baseball. Mike Donlin would go on to win the World Series in 1905 with the New York Giants. So that worked out pretty well for him. And just one other guy I wanted to mention, he really wasn't a, a whole lot of consequence because he really didn't play that much. He got 17 played appearances. He was 24 years old. He was a utility infielder by the name of Peaches O'Neill. So there you go. There's your fruit for Thursday. Peaches O'Neill, a Cincinnati Red back in 1904. Real quick, too, I want to talk about the pitching because back then, it's something that we always talk about in the history of baseball. Pitching has changed dramatically. I mean, the number of pitchers that the Reds carried this year was the most just because they had expanded rosters and all that stuff. But we always talk about how many relievers you really need in a bullpen. Well, back in 1904, the Reds trotted out a total of seven pitchers. In fact, most of their guys did a little bit of double duty. They did starting and relieving. Like you look at uh, Noodles Han, he finished a game. He had 35 games pitched, 34 games start, one game finish. Now, Jack Harper, who had a breakout season for the Reds, he pitched 35 games. All of them starts. He finished a complete game. 31 of those 35 games. Now, Noodles Han in his 34 starts, 33 of them were complete games. Just a totally different era of pitching. Whenever Noodles Han, yeah, Jack Harper, but the best name of the pitching staff by far was Win Kellum. That's right, Win Kellum. Now, his, his actual name was Winford, but he went by Win. Can you imagine having a name where you could go by Win? Hey, I'm Win. I win. That's what I do. He had a winning record that year. He went 15 and 10. But uh, it's 24 starts, seven games finished for him. The uh, one guy that they kind of list as a reliever a little bit, he wasn't really a reliever, but he just didn't start as many games as the other guy, as the other guys was Claude Elliott. And it's intriguing to note that the Reds had a 22-year-old pitcher back in 1904 by the name of Tom Walker. It was his second year in the league, and he had amazing statistics. Dude was pitched 24 games, started all of them, had 22 complete games, 15 and 8, 217 innings, and he only played one more season. <laughs> it's, uh, it's crazy. I think, uh, I think he probably just killed his arm is what happened through that many innings. And in fact, the Reds had five pitchers toss over 200 innings, both Noodles Han and Jack Harper were only a few innings away from 300 during that season. Just a different game of pitching back then during the dead ball era. Something that I want to look at a little bit more now, there's not a whole lot of success outside of the years of 1919 and 1904 for our Cincinnati Reds, but it's something that still intrigues me, and that's kind of why I wanted to talk about 1904, the only other year during the dead ball era where the Reds tasted success like they have. All right, that's going to do it for Throwback Thursday, the first edition. Next week, we'll have another one, but on tomorrow's episode, going to talk to Drew Cook, our friend from the Blog Red Machine. We'll be right here. We'll be reviewing the season. We'll be talking about what's next in the wake of Dick Williams resigning and what the offseason is going to look like for our Reds as they look to improve on their first winning season since 2013. But that's going to do it for us here today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Make sure you're subscribed. Follow me on Twitter. But I'll talk to all of you tomorrow. 
Let's go Rex. Hey. Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.